0: Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven a geo-engineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wandering, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, the Last City stars actors like Ray Sehorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming.
2: The following documents and recordings are the continuing instalments in a compilation detailing the events surrounding the stranded archaeological team sent to Base Camp Piedra, and the rescue team sent in search of them. Previous records up to this collection show the archaeological team remaining at the Patagonian site to consist of Dr. Josefa Guerrero, Simon Hall, and Dr. Xiao Liu, with the unconfirmed losses of Dr. Carito Ureta and Lucas Criado. The assembled rescue team consisted of Graham Kasner, Dragana Vukovic, Mihir Asa, Remy Armstead, and returning archaeological team member Ava Olivia Moreno. Following the previous instalment, the rescue team continued their search for Dr. Liu after hearing her pleas over the radio. Mr. Kasner, Mr. Asa, and Ms. Vukovic descended further into the far hallway, while Mr. Armstead and Ms. Moreno stayed with the injured Mr. Hall in the entry cave. In the winter months, snowstorms and rainfall in the Patagonian ice fields can drastically affect the landscape. Worsened by heavy winds, such storms can reduce visibility and lead to glacial carving, ice collapses, and avalanches. During these conditions, travel is not advised. The White Vault. is the continuation of Miss Moreno's body camera footage, starting approximately 10 minutes after her return down the stairs.
3: What do you think the noises were?
4: Not sure. I didn't see anything. Maybe something was trying to lure us in, or scare us away?
3: I'm not excited by either of those options. You want something to eat? Use some water. Here.
4: <sighs> Don't worry, Ramy. Simon looks like he's getting better every minute.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can I have one of those?
3: Hmm? Oh, have this one. I'm not hungry. I, I just thought he might be.
4: <coughs> mm, chocolate chalk. Must be my lucky day. us. Ava! You're right. We shouldn't be so close to the entrance. Let's see if we can get Simon upstairs. We can... We can move there away from the entrance and we'll be able to see when the others return too. Hurry. Grab him under the arms. I'll get his legs. I'll deal with the IV bag. Just careful with the two week. I don't want to have to stick him again.
3: What if there's another cave-in?
4: Then it doesn't really matter if we're up there or down here. Mind the first step.
3: What's going on? We're moving you up the stairs. Try to relax it. It won't take long.
4: This is certainly not what the doctor recommended when he said to take it easy.
3: It hasn't stopped you before. carry him down the mountain
4: just hope he's the only one i heard rocks is it them or lucas no something else why did you see something
5: no just positive thinking i guess
4: (laughs) very positive thinking no but the others have gone to look for dr. Liu and the professor so try to rest Raimi, keep your eyes open were I guess, ears too for anything small. There were a lot of bugs when we first opened the door, and as you saw at camp... Bugs? They can possibly do a lot of damage.
3: Yeah, yeah, fine, so long as we can keep them away from me.
4: <laughs> you two are so alike.
3: What? <laughs> Just in some... <laughs> ways.
4: Not liking insects?
3: Simon doesn't mind bugs.
4: Oh yeah, he does.
3: Ava, you've given my game away.
4: Si- Simon,
3: you hate bugs? I do who likes bugs I just said (laughs) said I don't mind them because because you do (laughs) so I kill them for you (laughs) (laughs) Raimi? Simon five years you keep a secret about bugs for five years
4: I'm sorry Simon I really did give your game away
3: After five
5: years, Ramey can kill his own spiders.
3: Can I get more water? Yeah. Here. What is that? It's coming from the far side.
5: No, don't go.
3: You're smarter than that. Don't go. Thank you. What is it? What if it's Kasner or the others?
4: It's not. we should hope not. Odds are, it's another heart in a box, like those boxes on the floor. What? We saw the one before, on the dais. But I spoke with Kastner about his experiences at the site in Svalbard, and that place had it up there too. The whole floor of the theater is made up of those small stone boxes with no mortar, and there's a heart in each one. Teeth too. Hearts.
3: Human hearts. Simon, why'd you have to come up here? But why? Why put hearts in boxes? I mean, who does that? People have to be doing it, so who? Or are you telling me it's those things out there? Wait, that sound and that box wasn't there a minute ago. Someone's down there. Someone had to put it there.
4: Eva, get back here. I'm not going far. I don't see anyone over there, but I can't see all the way down to the dais. I couldn't see the box either, but I can hear the heartbeat more.
3: Last time we thought it was Dr. Uretta.
4: The heart had to come from somewhere.
3: So that's someone from the team down there.
4: Who? It would have to be Lucas. We haven't seen anything from him but a bloody handprint, which isn't a good omen. Doctor Liu you may know. <laughs> We can ask her soon enough. Actually, you need to stop running off. I just think Dr. Liu could help us out. She wrote so many notes. There have to be more in English. Here, check these and I'll check those. (coughs) I'm going to close my eyes for a bit. Here's a section, but it's just some references.
3: Lots of mandarin.
4: Another one. Oh, it says Lucas walked up to the cave that night. Dr. Retta wrote the same thing. There are two times, 2109 and 2143.
3: Times it went up and came back down. Listen. Hmm? There are two hearts.
4: Two? Who?
3: So one might be Lucas. What about the other one?
4: Liu, or Guerrero, or maybe someone who just got here.
3: Is he getting better? Really?
4: Well, the antibiotics and fluids will help, but the sooner we get him to a hospital, the better. When did that get there? Hm? When did the statue get there? there? There's nothing there. It scared the shit out of me, Simon. He may be worse than we thought if he's hallucinating.
3: We'll all get home soon.
2: <sighs> the section of Dr. Liu's notes read by Miss Moreno were never fully visible to the body camera due to the poor lighting within the chamber. The end of this section shows quick movements as Miss Moreno spun around to try and find a statue. None were visible. The following audio video comes from the body camera of Mr. Acer. This section begins after the team had progressed down the carved stone tunnel for some time. They discussed the wall carvings, but no points of note were made. Here is the relevant section. Stop. Wait a moment. I heard something.
5: Is
6: coming. It's still not safe, not if she's trying to hide.
5: We may be near the ossuary. Is she armed? She may be. I know Criado brought a firearm up here, but we don't know where it is now.
2: Then we need her to know we are here to help before we get blown back down the hall.
4: Dr. Liu! This is Dragan Avukovic. I am with a rescue team. If you are armed, stay alert, but please do not shoot us.
6: There are three of us.
5: A moment ago you wanted quiet. Something is still here, Dragana.
6: I'm the one in the front. I'm the one who will get shot. Michael.
5: This looks familiar. Dr. Liu, are you still in here? Over there. In the chest cage.
6: I've never seen a rib cage that big. How did it get in here?
4: Hello? Can you get out of there, Doctor? Are you okay? I can, and I am fine.
5: Are you alone? Where is Guerrero?
4: Be careful. There are things out there. Can you explain what's out here? What's happening? We were so tired. We ran out of water, then light. We got separated, but my eyes adjusted.
3: These
5: bones make no sense. This is too big. And those, I don't know what those are.
4: And now, I can see things moving in the light. What's light? If you turn off your lights, you'll see it.
5: Sometimes, in stressful situations, in total darkness, people report being able to see, though it is typically only the brain trying to make up from the lack of visual input. Whatever it is, we don't have time to let our eyes adjust. We need to look for Guerrero. Dr. Liu, you saw the body of a woman inside these caves. You thought it was Dr. Herrera, but it wasn't. Can you take us there?
6: A woman, not Guerrero. We need to focus on finding the professor first.
4: I can take you to the chamber. She may have gone that way as well. I would have checked, but I could not open the door on my own.
5: We didn't see any sign of her on the way down the tunnel. So onward seems to be the only option. Lead the way then, doctor. Lights are flickering. This was expected. Crack some chemical lights and let's keep moving. It is unsafe for Doctor to move the pump. no she machine has the condition. There is only the one person. Doctor,
6: if we can take a step you should move back with me. Okay.
2: At this point, the recording became too degraded or suffered too much interference to be of use. The following is a note by Miss Moreno, written in the notebook she was provided.
4: Estamos esperando a los expertos del equipo de rescate que vuelvan por nosotros. De verdad espero que vuelven por nosotros. Estar en este lugar otra vez, no entiendo por qué regresé. No quiero estar aquí. We are waiting for the professional members of the rescue team to come back to us. I really hope they come back to us. Being in this place again, I don't understand why I came back. I don't want to be here, but there's some part of me that thinks, knows, I will never leave. Please don't share this with Raimi. I want him and Simon to think that there are good people in the world. More so, I want someone to think of me as a good person. I didn't come back for Simon. Or Liu. Or Guerrero. I didn't come back for the site or all the new finds I could ever wish for. I used to think that this place would make my career. That this was the beginning of something great for the future Dr. Eva Olivia Moreno. And... I guess I wasn't wrong. I came back to this place because there was no alternative. Some part of me knew this was true. It was a different kind of pain to be away. Sometimes in books, people explain love as this pull from deep inside, in their chest or stomach, a painful chariot of butterflies pulling them toward their soulmate. But this felt like hooks searing and deep and it wanted to catapult me back up the slopes or kill me trying. My injuries have gotten so much worse and I'm too afraid to look. The pain was so much less when I was climbing the mountain. Both the physical injuries and the pull seemed to subside. The path was cleared for me. Even the fogs ahead of us were passable while those behind were impossibly thick. Everything aligned to drive me toward one goal, reach this place. But it is not my goal. The idea of leaving here hurts my skin and joints, and the idea of leaving is stuck behind some mental wall I can't break down. I can help them. They don't seem to share this… need. Simon will need help getting down the mountain, and whomever else we find too. We just need to work together long enough to get them free of this. To get them out. That is my goal now. I have to focus on that. I have to give myself just enough hope to see this through. I'm not meant to leave.
2: The following recording from Mr. Armstead's body camera took place simultaneously to the previous recording from Mr. Acer. In the video, Mr. Armstead is holding a flashlight and scanning the nearby walls of the chamber. While all of the glyphs have the similar style of gentle curves and sharp angles as seen in the glyphs from the Svalbard Caves, one of the glyphs was a near match to the walrus-like carving recorded by Dr. Della Torre. Walrus are an arctic species and they are not known to naturally travel outside the Northern Hemisphere. Mr. Armstead also captured other glyphs on his video. These appeared to depict a lizard, a monkey or lemur, and a possible deer or canine figure. These were then surrounded by the smaller script-like carvings, again, similar to those seen in Svalbard. While these are captured in greater detail on Mr. Acer's camera, the context is important for this presented section.
3: So your whole trip was about just the carvings outside, I mean, you didn't know all this was in here?
4: Yeah. I discovered the cave when I was looking for the uppermost end of the exterior glyphs.
3: Now, these are really incredible. The animals, the people. It reminds me of those big drawings on the Earth. Nazca Lines. Do you think it was that culture who made this place?
4: No. The wonderful and terrible thing is we see a lot of similarities in crafts and artistic traditions across the world. We don't believe the people who made these caves were Nazca, though the glyphs do appear in a similar style. I, at least, think we're looking at some convergent culture that developed this. But given the age, it may have implications, not for convergent cultures, but... What's it called again? I don't remember, but some kind of a progenitor culture, which is just impossible. You can see why I didn't go into anthropology.
3: Okay. (laughs) I didn't get most of that, but got it. Not the Nazca. Any other ideas?
4: Not yet, (sighs) but it's easy to want to get lost in it all. To see how beautiful and how devoted the creators were to their crafts and calling. To have been so skilled so long ago and to have it last this long.
3: Sure. What's that?
4: Did you see something?
3: There's something over there. Something shiny, like plastic or metal.
4: It may be more of the supplies. I'll check it out. Stay with Simon.
3: You stay here. I'll go. It's not far. You sound like you're getting worse, not better.
4: I'm just sore from the climb now that I've had time to rest. But thanks.
3: What's all this dust?
4: If it's gray dust, it's probably the remains of one of the bug nests. Lucas broke several of them and they pretty much just become dirt.
3: Is it safe to go near?
4: We haven't seen the bugs in here since they flew out in the beginning, but just be cautious.
3: <coughs> Dust is some bones. Oh god, please don't be human. There's dried blood over there, too.
4: <coughs> that was where Simon got hurt. Lucas shoved him, he fell, and a guanaco bone went through his ankle, so it's Simon's. And we think it was a guanaco.
3: I can't wait to get out of here.
4: What's taking them so long? It's a big sight.
3: <sighs> What's a guanaco?
4: Like a small llama.
3: What is it? They're not smart enough to say, close off the cave entrance, right?
4: I don't know. But, if it's not Lucas, it must be one of them. Those things keep worrying about how Simon's going to get down the mountain, and if Dr. Liu and Professor Guerrero are okay. I know Guerrero was tough, but she seemed really unprepared, and Liu was already acting so strange before I left. Every time I hear rocks clatter, I feel like the world is going to close up, but I know that. I know my world is closing up. When you hear it, (laughs) well, let's look at what you found.
2: After an indeterminate amount of time, the outage to the camera operations for Mr. Kazna, Mr. Acer, and Ms. Bukovic's body cameras came to an end. This short section comes from Mr. Kazna's camera.
3: The lights are coming back.
5: We have gone so far, through solid rock. Let's find Dr. Guerrero quickly. The less time we spend here, the better. But you all know that by now. You most of all, I would assume, Dr. Liu. Dragana, anything like I
6: think I can see a door up ahead. It looks like the same kind of heavy stone door as before. No way one person could open it.
5: How did Guerrero get in, then?
4: It was open before. Then she ran in. When I felt safe enough to go after her, it was closed.
5: Mehir, take that side. I'll push here. Dragana, aim down the middle and be prepared for anything to be in there. Don't let it fool you. I've heard it sound like people... Crying or talking. There's light.
6: I hear crying.
5: There could be more than one. Keep an eye behind us, Mahir. This door is not moving much further. Is that the light you spoke of, Doctor?
2: We can fit through there. Move.
3: This
2: previous section and the following section take place simultaneously yet again. This recording comes from the body camera of Miss Moreno.
3: What is it? One of your archaeological tools?
4: It could be. Simon would know more about all the tech. Was there more? What's that piece near your foot?
3: Eva, what's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost.
4: It's the cord for the radio. All of this is the radio in pieces.
3: Ah, oh, That's fine. We brought backups.
4: No, Raimi. We only had the one emergency radio. It's destroyed. How is Dr. Liu contacting the team?
3: It wasn't Liu? Where's the-
4: Miss Moreno's body camera
2: suffered some damage at this point. There was a rush to reach the handheld radio left down the stairs in the cave, and it appears that in her haste, she fell down the stone steps. This concludes the fourth set of documents and recordings from the rescue team at the site on Cerro Torre, and completes this section of information regarding the rescue operation at Base Camp Piedra. Regarding my own investigations, I had previously arrived in Stockholm and checked into my hotel. Someone had ordered my reservation, and when I checked into my room, there was a box on the bed containing a letter and the same artefact I had previously sent away. Shortly after I had read the letter, I received a phone call from the front desk. What do you want? dropped it off. Are they still there? No, miss. I apologise. I don't know who dropped it off. Should I send someone up with it? Yes, thank you. I'll figure this out. But they know I'm here, so someone is watching me, and possibly threatening. But the cast is dear, so not a threat. An attempt to help, perhaps. Your letter, miss. Slide it under the door, please. Dear, I hope your travels went well. The car will pick you up tomorrow morning for our lunch meeting. I know you may have many questions. Looking forward to seeing you soon. I hope you still enjoy Karl Dolma. I don't remember what that is The envelope had my name and room number written on it. The note itself was written on letterhead from a company called wal signer and featured a traditional style of heraldic crest depicting an arrow pointing downward, flanked by stars, and intersected horizontally by a flowing line, possibly a river. Included in the envelope was another bundle of paper. It was four pages of photocopies, each page containing the image of an older, smaller page. The older pages was written in the same handwriting as the previous letter I had received in the original package with the artifact, and appeared to have been written by the same
6: Danish woman. Jeg tror den elskede har sett mig som den jeg er nu. Jeg vader rundt i en tristhed der er så usund og onsende, og jeg fortabt. Jeg ser ingen ene på mine våne timer spinefulle tanker. I have abandoned it I think now the Almighty has seen me as I am, wallowing in a sadness that is unwholesome, spiteful, and lost. I see no end to the torment of my thoughts in my waking hours, and I have cursed that icy place for all it has wrought from me. Cursed that place saundered my marriage, and the life of my faithful husband and in doing so broke the heart of my son. Christian sailed thither soon after, and there that horrid hill did sink in claw and hook. I hold on to those small things which remain of them. My Christian's clothes, Anna's old tools, I had wished to be used again. Even the small trinkets of scrimshaw Anna saw fit to send across the waves... A token connecting me to him and those terrible mountains. How I wish I could but see his living face again. I see him at times in my hateful dreams. There, I think, in the lost solace of my own mind, has God forsaken me the most. At night, I am fitful and plagued with dreams. First, I walk along the shore as I would in younger days, visiting my aunts in Röymu, The sand is cold and white, the sky blue and clear, and far ahead in the faded haze of summer lights is a figure I feel so much love for. Each step is my Anna's, yet it changes so slowly as it means to catch me in its trap. The cool white sand begins to chill and darken, and soon I walk through sand as black as ash and frozen as snow. The shine of the sun and field of blue above is, with all warning and none, a haze of blinding white I cannot escape, and my Annas, who I could not reach, has escaped me again. But he is no longer the man I knew Nor is he a man But that love is still there Some kind of draw that keeps the bare skin on my feet From flinching back against the cold walk in that dreaded place I follow, voicelessly called by what I know to be an ungodly thing But unable and unwilling to turn back In the distance, in the haze There are more. These horrid things, and they walk with me, lonely and longing. I am brought into the rising rocks of the shore, deeper into mountainous crevasses that beat with the rush of the ocean. This is no longer my home. The haze parts to darkness, and before me is a most beautiful thing. A door carved into rock. This is the place of my longing, the precipice of my freedom, and it is so far from God that I am afraid it is holy in a way I cannot fathom. When I summon the courage and touch the stone, I awake. I know this now, that I am unwholesome in my urge to return to slumber, I must seek salvation, but I can think of only one place to find it, in the far end of slumber. Perhaps it is my Christian and fair Annas who call me from beyond that stone, but I have seen it. I have heard the crashing waves, the silent urges, and I have moved to place my hand upon it. Lord, that it would take me
2: This letter had all the more impact, as I must now admit that I have had similar nightmares in the last several weeks, since I first received the package that led me to investigate the events at Outpost Freestead. This concludes the second set of records regarding my own strain of inquiry into the events that took place at Svalbard and Cerro Torre. The White Vault